yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, and this is episode 218. And you are with your high priest of Conchu, Ray. Praise Conchu, under Conchu's eye. And uh, and tonight we have an over the moon segment. So that is an arc review. And joining me on this journey, this five issue journey, is the power of Chad. Chad, welcome back. Hey Ray, how's it going? Yeah, good. I am pumped for this arc review. I've re- I've read this a few times, but it's been a while since I've read it last, and I am enjoying it. Anyway, listeners, as you'll see on the front of the tin, we are reviewing Volume 5, Issues 26 to 30. It's Down South by Mike Benson. Uh, this was a choice of yours, Chad, I believe, and a, a beautiful one at that. Yep. Um, I just realized that we hadn't picked up on it, and it's just like, why haven't we hit this one before? Yeah. I mean, it's Mike Benson. It's edited by Axel Alonso. It's like, come on. Yeah. Why haven't we done this? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get into it later. Um, shortly, uh, there are a few things. I mean, I, w- I want to like mark out on on this uh, this arc. But uh, on the whole, anyway, we'll get to it. it it's an enjo- it's an enjoyable read. Um, as always, at the beginning of the show, we want to, you know bring our palms together, bow our heads towards our sponsors, our gracious Petrunis, so co-producers and executive producers on each of our episodes. Petrunis, thank you so much. Uh, you really do help prop up the show. Chad, I am working working hard to get our website up and running. I can't wait. ITKMoonNight.com. It, it just rolls off the tongue, Chad. Um, and and I'm hoping that I can have some of your your um your brilliant prose to it as well. Prose, I, I don't I'm know. More of a con, but <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's exciting, loonies. And and this is thanks to the Petruni. So thank you so much for your support. We can do that. The show runs itself now. Um, but we're also able to set up this website, so coming soon. A big thank you to Daniel, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Russell, and Anthony, each and every one of you. I know the cadence of your names seem to be just like rolling off the tongue, but I, I absolutely appreciate every each and every one of you. Uh, thank you so much for, for adding uh, so much value to the ITK uh, podcast as well. Always a big thank you to Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero, and our custodian sponsors, Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at the best, and Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Now, my brilliant good sir, Chad, we are going to dive deep down south. Um, so, would I, I haven't discussed this with you, It's um, I tried to truncate the synopsis, we'll get to that. Um, but would you like to maybe read out the credits to kick off? Let's see here. Just moving forward. Uh, yeah, the writer was Mike Benson. The penciler was Hefte Paolo, along with the inker. The colorist was Lee Luffridge. Letter was VC Joe's, or VC's Joe Carmagna. And the editor was Axel Alonso, which, before we get started, later on in the... Uh, I think it was the first issue. There's actually an Alonzo gas and beer. Oh, there is. Store. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I actually noted that, but I associated that I associated that with my mate because my mate's an Alonso as well. Not that that was his a reference to him, but it's like ah, that's Jose's. That's Jose's name. So anyway, um, yeah, excellent. Uh, released in July 2009. That was at least issue 26 and obviously monthly since then. Uh, available on Floppy, Digital, Marvel Unlimited. It is in trade. Uh, that's what I'm reading it off right now. I hope you can hear the wobble wobble of the pages there. Uh, that's out of print. And the big news, which we opened uh, we opened up last, a couple of episodes ago, a few episodes ago, uh, is that it's going to be available in an upcoming omnibus, which will in- include the... Houston, Horitz, um, Benson, and I think maybe Bendis run. 
Um, so that's coming in April 2022. So I don't know if you can get your pre-orders, but, you know, give it a go. Um, it's always worth it. Or just keep your eyes out or let your LCS know. Uh, righty. Now, uh, we also have a bare bones. For those of you that haven't listened before, what Chad and I will do, we'll go through a bare bones, which is a summary uh, and uh, of, the, of the arc, which is the five issues. Uh, and then we'll go through, just we're going to freeform some aspects about the writing, art, themes, characterizations, and references to any of the runs. Uh, and then we'll cap it off with a, a moon rating system, uh, a moon rating from our moon rating system. Now, now, Chad, can I ask you which system you will be rating from? I'm going to go in classic because you deserve to go at Con- uh, Connor Shoes. Uh, <laughs> okay, excellent. So Chad's off to the, the classic rating system, or the vanilla, as I like to call it, and I'll be taking mine off the Connor Shoes rating system. For those that don't know, Connor Shoe was one of the OG hosts. Um, great fella. He came up with this system. You'll understand it when you hear it. Anyway, um, Chad, so we have The Bare Bones, a synopsis, uh, which I've truncated from Wiki, because it was mighty long, so it might be still a bit long now, still be a bit long now, but would you mind, um, uh, should we do it in halves? Do you want to, would you mind doing half of it? Sure. All right. Uh, how about, could you do, do you want to do the first four paragraphs then, and I'll do the next four or five? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mark Spector now resides in New Mexico under the alias of Jake Lockley. He is approached by a man named Carlos who offers him a job to rescue a daughter of a land baron who has been kidnapped by rivals and put in a cell. They bust into the prison wearing ski masks and Lockley finds Carmen's cell. When Carmen, when Carmen learns it was her father who hired Lockley to free her. She becomes extremely frightened. Lockley grows even more uneasy with this mission. Grabbing Carmen, he races out of prison and meets back up with Alcantara's, or Alcantara's men. After he determined rendezvous point, Jake is furious. He wants to know exactly what is going on. Before the men can respond, however, a sniper, the Punisher, takes down Alcantara's men. Jake shoves Carmen into the truck and drives off. He brings her to a motel where he asks her why she's so afraid of her father. Alcantara intends on executing his daughter for her betrayal in front of the Russians as a show of force. There's someone that Carmen's even more afraid of than her father though, a butcher, has to be cutting through Alcantara's ranks using only bladed weapons. Just as Jake goes to examine his gear, a rock launcher blows up in front of his door, or blows up his front door. The Los Bros and Zapata, a tag team Mexican wrestler duo, has arrived to collect the bounty on Carmen's head. After a fight, Jake and Carmen run away. As the two run, the mob spots them and tries to chase after them. However, Toltec is behind and butchers their heads off. The brothers are shortly behind uh, and learn that this was not what they signed up for and eventually their true intention, uh, they reveal their true intention. Bring Carmen to Alcantara, but kill and rob Alcantara instead of Toltec. As they walk away, Moon Knight, Punisher and Toltec hears of their plan from separate angles. The Zapata brothers catch up with Carmen and capture her after seeing her accosted by other bounty hunters and one of the brothers forms an attachment for the Baron's daughter. Moon Knight sees the brothers no longer form a threat and the three, working as a group, devise a plan to take down Alcantara. The brothers will extract Alcantara's men away from his compound by saying they completed the mission while protecting Carmen. But meanwhile, Moon Knight will go for Alcantara uh, at his base. With the compound nearly empty, Moon Knight, Punisher and Toltec move towards Alcantara's base. Moon Knight catches up with Alcantara after conferring with the Punisher and knowing the co- they, uh, that Toltec is still out there um, after having decimated... Sorry. Moon Knight catches up with Alcantara after conferring with the Punisher. Uh, 
uh, and he leaves after knowing that Coltec is still out there, after having decimated Alcantara's men. Toltec reveals himself, and Jake walks away while Alcantara cries as Toltec butchers away. That evening, Mark watches the news with a bottle of tequila in hand as he learns of the dark rain events after being away from the mainstream world for some time. Mark decides to return to New York to deal with the matter at hand. So there you go, Looney listeners. That was, in a nutshell, um, th- seriously, there were pages and pages of uh, the five issues uh, synopses all together. So I've, I've really had to cut that down. Hopefully you get the gist of it. Um, there was a lot more Punisher in there, that sort of stuff. We may have glossed over some of the other stuff, but we'll get into that in this discussion. So overall, anyway, Chad, uh, reading these as a whole, as an arc, as down south, uh, what did you make of it? I think that was extremely uh, colourful. It kind of has that kind of, how do I put it? There's like a special quality to it. It's like the like having the assassins be men of honor. It's like that's that's pretty classy. Yeah. Um, I like little tinges on how Conchu interacts with Mark, just speaking through worms in tequila bottles or <laughs> yeah. You know the rat in the corner. You know he's yeah. the cape on his back. It's, it reminds me a lot of Freddy in mm. you know Nightmare on Elm Street. How he's always talking through inanimate objects, trying to get at people. Mm-hmm. It's like I just find that to be an amusing little uh, mechanism. It's a different departure, isn't it, from the other iterations of Conchu previous, which um more notably was the mutilated version of Bushman um, as Conchu. Um, so, yeah, Benson really does kind of make it his own by, by trying to kind of vary that that level of, of, uh, of how Conchu interacts with Mark. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, look, I, I thought it was a very solid piece of reading. Five parts, I think that's all it needed, really. It was very tight. I think the writing was just, yeah, the writing and the dialogue was really good. Um, it, it danced uh, along that line of how much you can get away with, I guess, with censorship and and violence and stuff. Uh, just keeping in mind that you have you have Max comics and stuff out there, but we got a lot of like decapitations, Chad, and dismembered limbs, and you know that I sort mean, of stuff. Mark beats a guy with a severed head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I'm laughing, and that sounds very macabre, but it's just so, so weird, isn't it? it? It's fun. Um, so I thought the writing was really good. Um, look, just to kick off with, with I guess you know, freeform notes, as you're saying, uh, Conchu's uh, element in their chat is is one of the good things. Look, as a whole, I think. Um, I think it's not necessarily like, uh, like apart from the things like speaking to Conchu and stuff, it's not necessarily a Moon Knight tale. I don't know, would you agree, Chad? Um, Mark's just a down and out guy that we, we don't see anything special. Like uh, even the Moon Knight action is not particularly Moon Knight. You know, he throws a couple of crescent darts and stuff. I, I say this not in a detrimental way, but it, it could have been... Um, anyone else but but moon knight right i mean it could be it could have been ricochet it could have been yes yeah night thrasher tons of people yeah you know it could be anyone that's kind of street level um but i still think it's it's good um and having said that though as well this may be for the better or not um it doesn't imprint any lasting canon or it doesn't it doesn't make any sweeping sweeping um, strokes to Moon Knight's canon. It's just a solid piece of writing. It has Mark in the thick of it, um, but it doesn't really play to a lot of, you know, the touchstones that make Moon Knight Moon Knight. Uh, What are your thoughts? Except for the violence. Actually, yeah, right, exactly. Except for the violence. But you could, yeah, true, true. But you could have, like, you know, Night Thrasher do that as well, right? Um I don't think that truncheons do the same things. That <laughs> like, sure, Mark has truncheons, but he didn't use them here. Yeah, yeah. It's all slicing and cutting and, you know, that's true. throwing of people. Yeah, 
and, and one of the things I loved about it was he was a more than able fighter, right? I mean, you get that at that opening scene where he fights. He's a guy called Angel, and he's got like arms like tree trunks, and it's almost it's it's like a betting ring, right? And uh, and he yeah. lays lays waste to this guy. Uh, I think that's a great like way. Waste his size. Yeah, exactly. But I think it. He straight up throws him at the end of the fight. Just. Yep. Ooh. Well, you know, it's it's like Captain America. You can do every anything with leverage. So I think Mark's really well trained with that sort of thing. Um, but it really does set him up to be a kick-ass fighter. And you even get down the line, the Zabata brothers, one of them going, geez, he kicks like a... Uh, like he punches like a mule's kick, right? You know, like he had to be a superhero because he punches so hard. I love that sort of stuff because it kind of elevates these superheroes obviously above the norm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm gushing in that sense. Um, but uh, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the depiction of Mark? I I like seeing Jake not necessarily just being a cabbie. Oh um, yeah, me too. Like he was just kind of like a pugilist, you know, living under the cover, right? And it's just that was a nice departure from what he usually has to be, where he's either you know, knocking at Marlene, or he's riding you know, as a cab. It's like, yeah, he's always seen as being the more violent and, you know, bloodthirsty, but how often do we get to see that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd not picked up that before until, uh, until it was highlighted in that Bemis run as well of how Jake Lockley was more than just a street level contact he was like more of the rougher one and and you certainly see that here yeah yeah um yeah the other thing i I guess if we're kind of sticking to writing um i'll actually ask you then uh chad as well what what did you make of toltec this uh this killing machine Honestly, I want to see more of him. Um, you know, you, you get to see him in sort of like passing by moments. It's like it's obvious that he was the butcher at the car wreck. Yep. It's obvious that he was the butcher at the Russians. But it's just you know, he only like pops out of the shadows, does a few you know dismemberments, and then just fades off. Mm. I wanted to see like I wanted to know about him. Yeah, not necessarily him showing off his prowess at murder. I want to know how he does it. I want to know why he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's a very missed opportunity, a big missed opportunity here. Uh, I think it was massively underdone in that sense. Uh, and I don't know, um, he almost seemed to me like, because there were so many moving parts in this chat. You had, you had the mob, you had the Zapata brothers, you had Punisher, and you had Moon Knight as well. And then you had this Toltec guy on top of it. Um, there were there's so many parties to it. Um, I felt that he, he kind of got lost in it. Um, and he was, he was kind of starting to be made out to be this big-ass butcher that Carmen actually says. But he... And he does. I mean, he butchers and stuff, but... But he, as you say, you just you never see enough of him, and I I don't know his deal. Like, is he really just a normal guy that just happens to, or or is he really a supernatural being? And uh, and listeners may know that Chad and I had a chat earlier in the week about Moon Knight and the supernatural, and Toltec is this meant to be this Mayan deity, but but is he, or is he just like a Randall Specter and a guy with a big machete just kind of hacking away at stuff? Um, we, we never know. It's one of the biggest mysteries. Oh, yeah. I think there's a chance that he might just be Mexican Moon Knight. I mean, yeah. says that, sure, he uses an axe-type weapon. That sounds like Randall, of course. Yeah. But the fact is, we only see him kill a lot of these like organized crime types. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he, he might be a Mexican version of, yeah, yeah, a, a badass vigilante. But I, I just wish we we saw more of that. I wonder if that had anything to do with maybe editorial. Maybe I don't know. What do you think, Chad? I was thinking, did they want Benson to add in something else to make 
some sort of force. But at the end of the day, I'm thinking, I can see his purpose with the writer in the fact that he actually takes up the slack and Moon Knight doesn't have to kill um, Alcantara at the end. He just leaves it to to Toltec. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I just think it was a bit of a a loose thread in the in the whole story, in the whole scheme of things. Honestly, I think that it would have been better suited if we had, I don't know, either Toltec or the Punisher. Yes, because the Punisher as well. The Punisher's not... There was that one scene where he's really cool. <laughs> I found a hilarious scene. I mean... I don't know if you you snickered the, the same way I did like after doing the reread this big behemoth of a maid comes in <laughs> in like a in an obvious wig and and just the thought of the punisher in a dress just kind of made me laugh um but then the guy grabs his ass and says hey fellas give a feel of this like you know her ass feels like a bag of cement <laughs> I was like God, what the hell what the hell um well, he didn't last long. He gets freaking a bullet at the back of the head. Um, but yeah, apart from that, you don't see much other than that and the, the shock factor of seeing the reveal of the Punisher at the end of the first or second issue. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't really have that much. He, he just walks away at the end as well. I mean, so yeah, I don't know. You, you, you think the same, yeah? Yeah. Like I said, I think it should have either been Toltec or the Punisher. It's just there was way too much runtime on both of them. To be a side character. Actually, Chad, I think maybe The Punisher might have been an editorial choice. Maybe Benton had Toltec in there and, and they said, No, 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 well, you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna care about this no name deity. Get the Punisher in there. Who knows, you know? What do you reckon? Possibly. What well, I don't know. Well, I mean, now that I think about it, I mean Dark Rain was in the middle of its like whole spiel, so yeah. I think that's the time that Punisher actually ditched the whole like trying to be a superhero in mainland. So okay. yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, having said though that this is, I really enjoy this and and bringing up these points, it doesn't actually kind of showcase potentially how much I liked it because but they, they, these are things I think are a little shortcomings to it but going back to it I think the the story again is just just so strong I mean it just felt like a and I don't want to measure comics like this but it, it kind of felt like a movie Chad right you know um, Mark meets that land baron Alcantara and he's, he's got that almost that Sam Elliott look you know the big friggin um, soup strainer, Mustache. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, up there, and I could, I could just hear Sam Elliott's voice, just you know, in in all his lines. Um, but he ends up being this real bad dad, you know, and, and wants to kill his own daughter, and and this whole thing about the Russians and them having a merger together. Um, it's really cool. I don't know, it's just very kind of like street level criminal kind of story. And you have Mark Spector stuck in it. So I think it's very strong. The art, though, Chad, um, thoughts on the art? I don't know. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I really liked the art. I think that it did a great job at like illustrating how gritty all the situations were. Yeah. Like, it was being cut, but it was, like, dirty lines. And yep. I feel like that was really great at portraying Toltec, yep. especially. Um. From that kind of really the the greater point of Moon Knight in that art style was the cape. Yes, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you could get the cape to look like a face talking to Mark in any other type of style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It had spawn level qualities, didn't it? I absolutely, yeah. I loved this, and I wrongly. Had named it as um, the artist as a penny, I think, like a few, I don't know, years ago. Um, but uh, but Paolo, uh, Hefte Paolo, a, a big hats off to you. Uh, it's just it's just a little different the art for me, uh, and especially Moon Knight just looks really cool. Uh, but yeah, I think I think overall he's done a really good job, uh, just with making sure that people look distinct as well and. 
Uh, of course, you can easily do that with the Zapata brothers um, and Al Alcantara with his big moustache. But no, I think the action scenes were awesome, um, and the use of that splatter, which I think Sinkevich uses as well, which is just like a what do you call it? You just you just spray some ink on the page. Uh, yeah, it looks really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, I guess... What was it? Carmen? I'm thinking of the other... Well, actually, let's go to the Zabata brothers. What did you make of them, Chad? I thought they were a lot of fun. They were pretty great. And I like that they kept their nature, their material. Like, they were going to just go all out <laughs> And they started, like, picking up hints that they were kind of getting worked over on the side. Yep. And they grew wise to it pretty quickly, despite being kind of uh, vapid. Yep. Yeah. And I like that they kind of kept that kind of, like, nature about them. It's sort of like a contest for them. There's just, like, the constant machismo, just bro, 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 bro. Yeah. It It was a nice couple. It was, yeah, there was that really cool intro to them when Mark is fighting them at the beginning, when they they hurl that, like, you know, they shoot that bazooka, that, that missile into the room, uh, and then they start attacking Mark and Carmen, and Mark kind of gets the better of one of them, and then he tag teams his brother, <laughs> and Mark's going, yeah. what the F, <laughs> you know? And the guy jumps in, and then he starts beating on Mark. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I um, it, it's really weird because as far as I guess they're in a bit of a grey area, but as far as like as villains go, I found them very likable, uh, and you kind of get on Mark's on Mark's page when they say, "Look, you know, we, we have nothing against you." You know, when they kind of form that that peace treaty, saying, like, oh, "Look, we're going to go against Alcantara too. Um, we just want to get paid." That sort of stuff. Um, I found them really cool. I'd, I'd love to see them again in the Marvel Universe somehow. Um, mm-hmm. be- because, yeah, I mean, we've only seen them. When, when was it? 2009. My God, it's been over a decade. Someone bring them back. If, if Jed McKay is listening, please bring them back. <laughs> They're good. Um, but but what do you think of this whole kind of premise, Chad, of, um, of Alcantara and his... Um, liaison with with the russians and his intent for his daughter i think that was a great way to include you know the punisher i mean yeah. the punisher's always having it out with the uh what was it the magia family oh yeah yeah so it's like you know punisher max pops up you know it's just he just butchers that family yeah so oh, god it's a great way for him just to be thrown in there you know mess up the russians leave yeah, that was good. Yeah. No. Um, Alcantara himself, I feel like there could have been a lot more going on there. Maybe he had ties with Toltec. Maybe he was mm. being a little bit less than, uh, how do I put this, supportive of maybe his uh, lineage. Uh-huh. Yeah. So maybe Toltec could be like an avenging spirit of oh, all these. Uh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. I, I did find a little bit of a fizzer at the end. Like, you know how Toltec and the Punisher and Moon Knight kind of carve their way through that, that base and, and uh, Alcantara's there at the end, just kind of basically begging for his life and, and just had that, that gun to him. Uh, yeah, I, I would have thought a bit more of a grandiose ending to him, although he he, his, he has his comeuppance with Toltec. Uh, but what I did found, find strong was the beginning, how, in the writing again, how we're led to believe that Mark is helping this guy save his daughter. And and I love that moment where Mark saves Carmen from the, the jail and she kind of gives him a look and tries to get away, but he has to knock her out because he goes, oh, I, haven't, I haven't got time for this, and he knocks her out and carries her out. But he had, he knows from his experience, he knows something is not right. And, and he kind of confronts those two uh, henchmen of Alcantara, and, and then that's where it kind of goes a little bit pear-shaped. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, and I like that reveal then, because, you know, you always never think that, you know, a dad will kill his daughter, 
but he must be a really a real bad seed if that's the case. And he's doing it just to preserve his honor with the Russians. Yeah, oh, ter- that's pathetic. Yeah, that's terrible. Absolutely. So he was certainly someone that I was barracking to to have a grisly end, <laughs> you know. And he does, but I, I just felt I don't know that finale to me. Um, I wouldn't say it, it. It kind of fell short, but it just I was I was just hoping for a bit more for him. That was all. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know about you. What, what did you think about the ending? I feel like it was a little bit short. Yeah. Like, it wasn't enough tied up. I like that essentially it brought down Mark essentially to be ready to be introduced back into the like primary continuum, so to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got his bags of cash. He's got his resolve. It's obvious what he's planning to do. Um, I kind of wanted to see more about what the Zapata brothers wanted to do. Yeah. It's obvious that they were happy, but it's just like... I know. Yeah, but what are they going to do? Come on. I, I know. I want to see what they're doing next. Exactly, exactly, exactly. They were like, fun. Yeah, they, they were. And and sorry, you, you were right. I mean, like from what you said earlier as well, uh, it did seem that you thought that was a bit short because... Um, as you said, it would have been good to see maybe some sort of connection between Toltec and, and Alcantara. That would have actually tied up really well because it actually would have given Al, um, Toltec a little bit more purpose than just being this floating butcher that happens to, to come in. Um, but yeah, certainly as well. And looking at references, uh, Chad, you are mentioning about this just sets Mark up to go back. Uh, so yeah, this very much ties only towards the end to, to the Dark Rain thing we see uh Norman Osborne um on, on the telly uh, and he's got his is it the Dark Avengers there. Um but um uh, if I'm not mistaken, so this did I get this right or wrong? So this go leads straight into Vengeance of the Moon Knight, right? Um, I always kinda of get it wrong. Hang on. I recall the whole, like, stars on his back thing. So it's after Shadowland. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, the scars on the back. That's right. I'm sorry, Looney. There's a little bit of silence there. I was just having a, a little quick look here. I've got my Vengeance of the Moon Knight um, thing. Because I have a feeling that it went straight into the Bemis run. But that, you know, it just it made no sense, you know, that because Bemis doesn't talk about it at all. Oh no, this is 2009-2010, Vengeance of the Moon Knight, so I'm assuming it goes straight into that, because wouldn't that make sense, as you say, Mark's got this bag, this bag of cash, yeah. and he goes back into because New York, and then he... I remember... Yeah. Yeah, he goes back to New York, and he, he gets, like, grilled by everyone. Yep. Just, where have you been? Yeah. And then the sentry is, like, absolutely on this case, just don't pretend like you're anything but just a vigilante. Yeah. Exactly. You're no hero. It's like, really? You're, you're one to talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he makes his grand entrance, you know, in that, in that ball, that sphere, and then he pops out in the motorcycle, the moon cycle. Um, that's how I always thought it played, but then I must have got my, my wires crossed because then I thought or read somewhere that the Bendis run actually preceded that, uh, which I don't think that's right. I think the Bendis run is. Wait, one second. grab this from the the shelf i'm sure the bendis run came in 2011 2012 i would say so yeah so that's the last uh yeah 2011 there we go ah so that's that's good then that's great because it just gnawed at me like you know after down south it's like then moon nights in la it's like what that doesn't make sense but yeah Makes a lot more yeah, sense. he's in LA with Darkin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, cool. Sorry, Looney's listeners who might Looney listeners who might be listening may be gone. Face in hand, going Ray, 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 Ray. Everyone knows Vengeance <laughs> of Moon Knight goes after Down South. Anyway, I'm glad because that makes a whole a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, the only other references to other runs then I guess is. Uh, is the dark rain towards the end? But so you mentioned, sorry, Chad, about the 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 marks at the back, 
Right, so that is distinctly from Shadowland. I mean, you know, in Shadowland, he was draped across the uh, clock tower, and and he was uh, getting his back just excised. Um, let's see, it was by Jeff. Oh, that, that was uh, the Houston and the writer. Nurse. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, uh, was that Shadowland? Yeah. Or no? No, th- that was a Houston. Ride. I remember. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. a Houston run. Yeah, it was after the... I just the... remember some of the covers having the same artist. Ah, right. Yes, that that was the um, the arc that followed the bottom. So the Midnight Suns, I'm thinking, was it was called? It was about Jeff Wilde. Yeah, but right. That, I mean, that actually makes sense because he did get... Oh, there was the stuff where Jeff Wilde actually... It was really grisly. He, he got Moon Knight up. He was torturing him with that nurse. And he had that claw or whatever. And he, he actually shoved it right into the spine of Moon Knight. Um, it was it was really, really tough stuff. But um, I guess that would explain all the, all the scars as well. So that's another reference to another run as well, I guess, um, just preceding the Benson run. Um, we're looking at a good 10 issues before this, maybe issues, issues sorry, 12 to, 12 to 16 or 17. And they kept the scar across Mark's eye. Yes, I was. Very, yes, I was very happy with that. Oh, you mean the the, the left, the, the scar over the left eye, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. I, I'm always happy when artists put that in because you know that is a defining feature, and I think it's mentioned in the handbook of the Marvel Universe. I'm not sure about Mark having a discernible scar over his left eye. Um, but yeah, no, good. Uh, any other um, any other points on? particular characterization have we covered all the characters i mean punisher there's not much that he does from what we said uh, i thought that when the punisher was active as the punisher he doesn't drink yes he doesn't even yes. take pills yes uh, this is one of my pet peeves as well it's not only this issue I, I i read it as well chad but there were these other issues i think it was the remender issue with the punisher remender issues and it has a Punisher drinking, but like it's no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't sully his body apparently with any sort of toxins. That that's what I yeah. have. I've read. I've read as well in his uh, in his handbook or whatever or the wiki. Um, but yes, yeah, so I don't like it when he's talking about this. Uh, so anyway, uh, listeners as well. There's this twenty-one-year-old um, McCallan or something. It's a whiskey. Already. I'm 40, jeez Louise, no wonder, yeah. oh, I'd, I'd take up drinking if that was what I come across, but uh, Frank's come across it and he's saying, oh look, you know, I'll, I'll take some or something, I'll leave you these, You can. I'm taking this with me, it's like, no, Punisher would never do that, I don't think, never, no, he's, he's like, he's not into um, vices, you know, he's got that one goal in his head and that's just to kill all you know, criminals. And that's his vice. But anyway, yeah, good pickup, Chad. I think that was a, yeah, I got a little mad at that myself. <laughs> a little. Uh, <laughs> um, what else is here? I'm having a quick look. Any last last thoughts? Um, there he is. Oh yeah, again talking about gruesome. There's a guy, did you, what are your thoughts? As Moon Knight's walking through that base, there's a guy holding the rosemary beads going, God protect me, God protect me. Did you know both his eyes were freaking gouged out and one of his eyes is dangling? Yeah. Um... I didn't notice that initially, but when I was rereading it, it's like, holy hell, like, Toltec has not killed him. But has gouged out his eye and left one eyeball just dangling. Maybe he didn't necessarily do it as a like primary attack. Maybe he didn't do it like to torture him. You know, <laughs> maybe it just happened he during just... the attack. <laughs> what the guy? The guy's eyes fell out. <laughs> the guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it happens. <laughs> it happened. Well, maybe the other gla- maybe the other eye was glass. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, also, yeah, I mean, again, I just wanted to say a, a big a big shout-out to the dialogue as well. There are a couple of little... 
I don't know, a little funny thing. See, there, there's one, I, I'm, I'm just looking through it again, when Mark and Carmen are making their escape from the motel, from the Zabada brothers, and Mark's pushing Carmen through the bathroom window. Just, she just says, hands. He says, sorry. <laughs> you know? Um, just those, I don't know, I just like those little touches. It just it just makes it really cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. And she, she ends up having some sort of attachment to Mark. And, and I think in his thought bubble or something, he's like, oh, this is different from the first time we've met. <laughs> She's like hugging him, you know, as he leaves. Um, but they, they certainly had a rocky intro. Kind of reminds me of his relationship with Echo. Yeah. Ooh, do you think, as a bit of an aside, um, Chad, we can be fans and we can geek out. Do you, do you ever think there'll be any synergy there? Echo and, and Mark, a.k.a. Oscar Isaac? In the series is? Um, I'm really not sure. I, I think it kind of depends on how things are going to go down in release of each show. It's obvious that there's going to be a lot of tie-ins with each other, like amongst the other shows. I mean, yeah. how many people are showing up in She-Hulk? Oh, yeah. Even Abomination is showing up. I know. And we've seen Abomination in the in the Shang-Chi um, trailer as well, which is cool. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna change. I was kind of like on the fence about it, but as things have released, that trailer was solid. I know, yeah, it, it's absolutely solid. The the only like, and, and I'm gonna watch the hell out of it, don't worry. And I've watched that first trailer, I watched like oh, I can't remember, like over 20 times, and I was really excited for it. The one thing I'm just a little wary of after seeing that second trailer, is I hope at the end of it, I hope Shang-Chi doesn't get get the rings. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because then he's just going to be like a super-powered... Super, I just want him to be the martial artist, kick-ass guy, you know? So, I don't know. Maybe he won't Maybe he won't get it. But it seems that he and the Mandarin are battling and there's some... Yeah, with the rings, so... I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't get the rings at the end. That's all I'm saying. But, um, yeah, no, it looks really good. looks really good. Um, going back to, to Echo, the comics, doesn't she... She's got the Phoenix Force now. Did you did you see yeah. that? Yeah. She's uh, got the Phoenix Force. And that's so I'm cool. I can't imagine someone with that kind of, like, reflex and, like, ability, like, personally, on that level. Yeah. Having access to that kind of powers... That seems really overpowered. I know. It sounds like, it's it's have kind of the downside of like uh you know, Logan having the Phoenix Force. Like yeah. cool. But how much of that is he drunk for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean I, I just love the aesthetic of her that, that white makeup on her face of the handprint that it's kind of glows as well when she's in the Phoenix mm-hmm. Force. Yeah, it just looks really cool. Anyway, I, I do like Echo. I think she's a great character. Um, we have come across, and I think, Chad, you and I have uh, reviewed the Bendis run with Moon Knight and Echo. So, yep. uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, he certainly has a, had a hot and cold relationship with, with Carmen here. I mean, I don't think we'll see her again, but, um, but you know, uh, she was she was, she was was a good character. I thought she was done really well. Um, she was sort of uh, realistic. You know, it's like, yeah. even though it's like, you know, it's a woman throwing himself a superhero later on. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's nice to not have people just see a super and throw themselves immediately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I hate that. I hate that as well. I think that's just, yeah, it's just sloppy, sloppy writing, that sort of stuff. Um. I'm just trying to find as well because I didn't mention it in in the synopsis. I actually cut it out because the synopsis was way long. But uh, she mentions she was working for like the CIA or something. Uh, the DEA, the which D- is the Drug Enforcement Agency. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was, yeah, so she was working against. Um, yeah, he was building a case against the. Quilliacan cartel. Uh, yeah, so she was basically, I guess, feeding them info about her dad's, you know, 
nasty deeds. Um, I just gave her a bit more, I guess, a bit more back backstory rather than the fact that, um, yeah, it actually, it just it gave her a bit more purpose rather than her dad just wanting to kill her just for the sense of showing his loyalty. Um, but still, yeah, it's still a bad move, obviously, wanting to kill your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shall we, if there are no final thoughts, uh, Chad, shall we get on to ratings? Yeah, I think we should go ahead and do that. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, have you have you got a, a figure in your head, or would you want me to go first? I'll go first. Yep. Okay. Um, I really like the art. I just got to say that. Yeah. And the portrayal of Moon Knight is pretty on brand. Um, like I said, there's a few things I'd like to see more of. Maybe less Punisher. Maybe... You know, less Toltec, but I still think they're both good supporting characters in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd have to go with a waning gibbous, six to seven out of ten. Oh, okay. Should I put you on the the upper echelon or the lower echelon for that? Uh, I'll go with this seven. Seven, okay. Because it's still really good. Yeah. And like I said, I'd like to see more of Toltec. This is an intriguing character, and I doubt he just, you know, kills people for no reason. Yeah, true, true. Um, look, I have to agree with you on those fronts as well. I-, I thought it was a really solid story. Like, it's something that I would enjoy rereading and reading again, only because it's just well written. You got some really cool characters, but as you say, Chad, um, there are a lot of kind of loose threads here with Toltec and, and the Punisher. Um, I just felt that that kind of really... It didn't Actually, it didn't hinder the story, but it just gave it more than it needed, it felt. Um, and my, my first comment as well about that um, this is not really, for me... Apart apart from his conversations with Conchu, it's not really a Moon Knight centric story. It's just like a hard ass, which is which is Jake Lockley. Um, and it could be anyone. Like you know, just found themselves in the mix of this someone who wanted to to run away from you know from up north, and they found themselves in this predicament. Um, but having said that, though, I'm glad that this story was told about Mark because it was really cool. It, it kind of shone a really good light in his favor uh in the fact that he was just a, a just showcased how good he was at fighting that sort of stuff uh it showcased his um nobility i guess with carmen uh again uh and uh yeah it, it uh we we still got moon knight stuff with him in his costume and like you said chad uh hefte paolo is art i, I really love I, i'd love to see that sort of art as well um a couple of times, though, Chad, I think Mark's or Jake's hair was a bit too spiky. I don't know if that's really, yeah, um, was... yeah, yeah, that's really nitpicking. But uh, but yeah, it did kind of throw me off just a little, but not not to turn me off to- totally. Uh, but other than that, the art was really good. Uh, yeah, uh, the so standalone story. This was a standalone story. The Punisher, yeah, and Toltec, similar to as you said, Chad. I love the Punisher to see him in anything, and I'm glad that. Moon Knight and the Punisher didn't, you know, end up fighting again, <laughs> so which they had before. Uh, which, incidentally, Chad, uh, one of the other loonies, uh, uh, he was telling me like, when, when is the first? When was the first time the Punisher and Moon Knight actually came face to face? And uh, I thought, wow, like that's a good question because, you know, he's been around for a while, but it was actually that annual Punisher Annual Two, the pink one. With Moon Knight, that was the first time that they were seen together. Really? Yeah, I I thought there would be before that. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought there would be one before then as well. But uh, this Looney did the back background work as well because he's. I think he's. he's, I think he's a big Punisher fan, and he said, "I cannot find Moon Knight and Punisher together at all before then." So, uh, if for those listeners uh, listening, that was the Atlantis Attacks uh, annual of the Punisher and Moon Knight guest starring. Um, but they always seem to be fighting every now and again and then having this mutual respect. I'm glad that in this instance that they were just respectful towards each other. So uh, so there you go. I'll, I'll give it a big 8 out of 10. 
a big, beautiful yellow man. Thank you, Connor Shu. I'll give it an 8 out of 10, because I really enjoyed it. This is something that I will reread over and over. It's not it's not too long, and it's not short, you know? Um, I've got this trade. It's five issues long, and, and I burned through it really easily because I was just enjoying it so much. Um, I'll, similar to you, Chad, I'd love to see the Zabata Brothers again um, feature somehow. Bring them back somehow. I don't know, but do it, Marvel. <laughs> Bitten by a radioactive spider, student Peter Parker gained the proportionate strength and agility of an arachnid. Armed with his wondrous web shooters, the reluctant superhero struggles with sinister supervillains, making ends meet and maintaining some semblance of a normal life. That's right, do you like Spider-Man? If so, you should join me and my co-host Lil Foulfire every Tuesday on the Caves of Lunatic Sidekicks podcast for the ultimate Spider-Cast, where we talk everything Spider-Man, comics, TV, movies, games, anything and everything Spider-Man. Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, it's all there. Every Tuesday on the Caves of Lunatic Sidekicks podcast. And we all are. Anyway, uh, Chad, that that concludes our review. Um, a big thanks to you. Uh, no feedback. I should have shared a bit more of this. Um, but spectacle-wise, uh, look, last episode, I gave huge shout-outs to, um, to a few things happening out. So I'll just run through them quickly. Tomes of Evil, hosted by Russell Moran, uh, has Moon Knight Villain Mania month in July this month. So go check out the podcast. All the villains that he showcases are Moon Knight related and they will feature guest co-hosts who you will recognize undoubtedly. They're all ITK uh, co-hosts. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Uh, go hear your favorite ITK co-host chat with Russell about uh, Moon Knight villains. Also, Daniel Doing has a GoFundMe for Fringe Night. Go check it out as well. Daniel is a fantastic Petruni, a great loony, and he's, he's a great creator as well. Fringe Night doing really well. Need your support for his issue six that he wants to release um, for his own indie title. Paul Davidson, a Moon Knight alumni. He's got a Kickstarter for his art book called Fantastic Illustrated. Paul, uh, Paul Davidson is a fantastic artist, um, part of the Bemis run towards the end, a very mind-warpy, out there, man, phenomenal art, phenomenal art, go check it out, uh, please check out his Kickstarter, uh, also Moon Knight Origins, they've got an Indiegogo page, they're doing a fan film, check out the page, uh, it has a teaser, of the the sort of work that they're doing they want to release behind the scenes footage that sort of stuff um they're looking for funding uh, go check them out too uh and finally phases of the moon Knight essays examining the world of moon Knight. uh so email scott weatherly a friend of the show uh and podcaster of 20th century geek uh email him at 20th century geek at gmail.com uh, for all the details and you can write about your favorite superhero moon knight and get it published in a book and you'll get a copy and you'll get paid for it as well so really really good stuff there uh, chad finally i didn't um put this in the previous episode but at least one shout out a week I want to reinstate shouting out LCSs across the world because we, we need to support our LCSs. Uh, they are the lifeblood of the comic book industry. Um, they are the places where you can meet and you can hang out and you can chat about all your favorite stuff and get all your favorite stuff as well. So uh, a big shout out to, um, I'm going to call this segment Chad. Uh, the local lunar literature lenders. Not me, but this is thanks to this American Jackal from the Discord server. Uh, Chad, are you still there? Yes, I think so. Okay, cool. Sorry, I'm just bombarding you with all, all this. Anyway, um, a big shout out and a big thanks to Galfizi. Uh, he's from the Discord server as well. And I'm shouting out his LCS. It's Ultimate Comics. They're in, and maybe you can help me out here, Chad. They're in Durham. Rally and Carey, 
And then what's NC? What is that in the US? That's North Carolina. North Carolina. So a big shout out to Ultimate Comics all across North Carolina there. And thank you again to Galfizi uh, for your shout out. Uh, yeah, if you have your your favorite LCS, I'd love to hear from you as well. Just shoot it up on the uh, on the Facebook group or just send us a message. Um, and I'm hoping to shout out an LCS every week uh, because they are truly uh, doing great work. And in these these times, Chad, it's, it's hard yakka for them. So we've got to give them their due. Um, you still there, Chad? I think so. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm still there. Sorry, I'm sorry. Just all the all the paperwork at the end here, Chad. A big thank you once again, Chad. It's been awesome. Um, these are great down south. I, lo- I love this. Um, I uh, love to have you back on as well. I know. Uh, just shoot us your schedule, and um, and hopefully we can make it work. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, next phase, loonies. Uh, a couple of episodes. Two thousand. Uh, not two thousand. Oh, I hope it was two thousand. No, two hundred and nineteen. Two hundred and twenty. Um. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> Just look at the prompt sheet. We're doing down south. No, we're not. We've done it already. Uh, How many glasses have you had? Uh, oh, I don't know. I've only had. I've only had two. Anyway. I haven't updated the prompt sheet. 219, 220. Anyway, loonies, it's going to be a first quarter. Yes. And it's actually Conchu's Relics, which I've got here. Uh, I've got the the subtitle wrong. So Conchu's Relics. And I'm hoping to have Daniel doing on. Uh, That will be pretty cool as well. And we're going to go through some Moon Knight-related stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll come up with an idle chat topic as well. But uh, looking forward to that. Um, finally, as well, Patreon, patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight. Please check out the page. Uh, a lot of incentives. And as mentioned, a huge thank you to those uh, supporting us already. Uh, Hello Headphones, the, the code ITK Moon Knight uh, for 10% off. Um, if you use, sorry, if you use the code ITK Moon Knight, you'll get 10% off. Uh, Dreamland Comics, if you use the code moon you'll get 20 percent off their back issues so get your issues of down south from there and uh, we're affiliate members of entertainment earth so all your toy action figure needs please click the link and that will help us too and finally we're part of the collective massive number of great shows there um, i want to shout out dcau uh, high priest of culture rebecca is a co-host there with alan sharp they do dc animated universe uh, reviews really cool indeed uh, also, as well, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the Signal of Doom with Dave Finn. Uh, recently on that as well, talking Wolverine, which was a lot of fun. Um, you can contact us on email itkmoonight at gmail.com, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. We've got a website uh, and Podchaser. If you can leave a review there or Apple Podcasts, would be forever grateful. Uh, that just gets out there a bit further. Uh, to reach more loonies. So, um, Chad, sorry for that long spiel. Any uh, any final thoughts? Any final words before we we fall, before we head out? Um, I dared Jed McKay to have a uh, reference drop with the chainsaw against the zombies to Evil Dead. So be on the lookout. Oh, did you do that on Twitter? yeah awesome awesome okay we're going to keep our eyes on that we'll keep you updated with that (laughs) and thank you once again chad it's always been cool and as always may god you watch over the denizens of the night catch you later bye and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.